we have we have to ask ourselves why is this happening why are we okay with this why are we still here is holding on to that um vessel of power really that addicting that we have to sacrifice people you know our own people without even blinking without even batting an eye are we too far gone from being saved is it all worth it you know <laughs> these are the uncomfortable conversations and questions that we need to have because it's important we need that peace of mind we deserve that and we need that clarity to know where we'll end up as a society Hi everyone, thank you so much for having the time to listen in and welcome to the Kamustahan podcast with Pax Ladina. So I wanted to do a check-in with myself in this quarantine and I really hope that this brings you to do the same to yourselves and to your friends and family because I know I'm lucky to have a space for myself in my room for my solitude and I'm lucky again because I am an introvert and I hold my alone times to be very sacred as if it's a ritual I have to go through to stay sane It's funny because there's a what do you call this? There's a running joke in my family and they call me the caveman <laughs> because I don't come out of my room and I only do so when I'm called, I need to eat or bathe or whatever. So whenever they see me outside of my quarters, it's almost almost it's almost always like I hear a gasping sound like <gasps> and then it's quickly followed by what i would imagine or what i would feel like is a whisper saying he's out of his cave <laughs> you know almost like that but i'm fully aware how that statement or anecdote it doesn't hold the same kind of semblance or truth for a lot of people who need big doses of social interaction to stay sane how we deal with our mental health during this time is so important and i've come to realize that intensely large cycles of isolation that do not give any hint or indication that it's going to end that kind of uncertainty is scary and that feeling of being frightened and helpless metastasizes before you even know it that's why it's so important to, that's why it's so important to check in with people your friends and your loved ones it's so simple to say kamusta ka but at the same time it's also so important if not you know more you know to say kamusta ako how am i holding up it's impossible to not worry about your safety and well-being when we know that there's more so much more that can be done and could be done outside but i think what i miss most about the life i had pre-quarantine 
is how much easier it is for my body to shut down physically at the end of a long and tiring day. You know, I just I just graduated this year. You know, yay me for getting that diploma, for getting that degree. I'm a pandemic baby graduate and saying that still makes it still makes it sound disturbing for me. Probably more emphasis on that struggle on another episode, but I was primarily busy towards the mid of 2019 until the first few months of 2020 with my internships. But just right before the lockdown hit, thankfully, you know, I finished my internship. So that was a big relief, you know. But being on lockdown, being in quarantine messed up my body clock so much because there was no fixed schedule to follow. You know, you're not as tired physically, so you don't sleep early. My gosh, I used to get home at 8 p.m., eat for a bit, and pass out by 9 o'clock or earlier, and I'd wake up at 5 in the morning, getting ready. Because, you know, traffic is so bad in the metro, and the office I used to intern at was not remotely near or easily accessible from where I live. Okay, tips for future students interning when all of this blows over. I would discourage people to intern at places far from where you live. I mean, taking in the travel time and the amount of traffic you have to go through during rush hour. I'm here to tell you that I struggled so much. I struggled so much, all right? I'm saving you. <laughs> but, but basically, what I'm trying to say is not having that schedule or routine you can follow can really mess you up. The transition and adjustment is very hard. I mean, I was in a slump of ups and downs. I was, I was blaming myself for not being productive, and it was just an intense spiral down from the top of a very figuratively tall staircase. <laughs> and there wasn't anything holding me together, especially now that I graduated a few months ago. The economy isn't good enough to help support the younger generation starting out their careers. What a time, right? What a time. And for me personally, the, there was a lot of pressure. There still is. Mostly from myself. Mostly because it's becoming, you know, it's become instinctive of me already to feel that pressure. Of not pushing through and it stems from expectations, you know? How people from my circle look up to me, it's difficult when you've been raised to think that you can brush aside problems and be okay with them, when you aren't. I came across this quote and it said, I'm tired of being okay with things that I'm not okay with. In being in this quarantine, there's just more time to be in your own head. And if you've been using schedules to kind of postpone dealing with personal problems, it gets really hard when there's no way to run away. And what I've been doing and what I realized lately is that you should, you know, it's so important that you show yourself mercy. Just letting your hold on the reins go and opening your palms and saying that 
I am accepting my feelings as it is. You know, it sucks, but that's what it is. And I don't have to be okay with that now. That act of surrender is so liberating. Because I can understand how it's innate for people to be obsessed over their control over things. So when something comes that they can't control, this kind of system that they've unknowingly built for themselves capsizes almost. And you lose sight of what to do. That's why this podcast also comes in and is literally swooping me out of this hole I've dug for myself. You know, there is a motivation to do something. Something I love and something I'm passionate about. Storytelling, writing, helping people go through things and inspiring them in ways I know I can. It's, it's a creative outlet. And the universe knows how low my flame was for my creativity for the past few months. And for a creative, it's kind of almost a life source for us, you know? Um, when that flame isn't or when it doesn't burn as much as it used to, it makes you feel it makes you feel like a Charmander out in the pouring rain. Pokemon reference, I'm a nerd. <laughs> but yeah, you feel you feel helpless. But another thing. Before this podcast, my entire life during quarantine, or at least for the past two months, has been dedicated to Animal Crossing on the Switch and designing my island. You know, someone very darling to me lent it, lent uh, their console, the Switch, and as silly as it sounds, it's kind of led me to rejuvenate my creativity. Because it was a little way for me to escape the world for a little while. I know how a lot of people in the Animal Crossing community use it for escapism, to cope, but you know, I'm not one to judge. I don't blame them if they do that to feel better, to feel accomplished, and to heal. For me, it was a sandbox of endless possibilities, and I was excited to have that drive back. Slowly, I became motivated to get up in the morning to play and design. But if, but if that's what it took for me to get here now, to get my creativity back and to feel motivated, you know, to reignite that fire, I'm, I'm grateful. But also, I noticed that the quarantine has allowed me to just be, if that makes sense. I believe that for this young generation, everything has always been about the hustle. Everything is so quick. Information has been so fast and it's like there's no time to slow down like packs stop and look at the flowers packs look at the pretty flowers <laughs> and i think we don't want to admit it or at least it's an unspoken thing but it's almost as if we needed the world to stop spinning for a bit to reset you know a soft reset now Apart from reflecting on myself, I also believe it to be important to reflect upon our society and our community. For example, growing up, I never really paid attention to how much the word frontliner was being used or if it was being used at all. I, mean, I don't remember. I don't remember, actually. But now it's been given, you know, to define people who have been working tirelessly day in and day out to ensure that we have all the things that we need as a society to continue. When the first wave or the first few weeks of the lockdown hit, 
everyone was panicking all in our own heads. You know, people were uh, buying and hoarding so much groceries. You know, this survival instinct to each his own kicked in. And that was scary. You know, but after that, the world slowed down for a bit, but it didn't stop spinning. Everyone that needed to be out there didn't really have a choice. People in the medical fields, in the service industry, people in our communities making sure that the roads were, you know, stayed clean, just stuff like that. They've been so essential to this entire process, but I don't think the same can be said with how we've been treating them. I've, I've been listening to the Michelle Obama podcast. Guys, go listen to it if you haven't. It's so good. But yeah, um, she was saying that we haven't developed enough as a society to distribute wealth and support to our frontliners and essential workers. That we've been neglecting basic human rights. Health insurance, guys. It scares me that I don't know enough people or families that have health insurance. I don't have health insurance, you know? That all they do is pray and hope that it's not going to be them that time. We know how privilege works, especially here in this country. And it will always be beyond my scope of understanding why we can't progress as a society to give equal access to healthcare. Or our frontliners and essential workers are not being compensated fairly for the amount of work and sacrifice they are doing to our communities. It's one of the bigger things that we have to reflect upon. More so, it's also being held responsible and being held accountable for our actions in this pandemic, especially when we have to go out. Our citizens and our leaders, you know, they have to. Um, why does it feel like there's a limit to the sacrifices we're making? Why can't we do more and shift our priorities? I mean, I, okay, I understand. It's natural for people to oppose certain things when you're asking them to sacrifice what they think they deserve and are entitled to, you know? But the bottom line is we have to do more. We need to, you know, we need to do more. We need to have these conversations. We need, uh, we need to bring it up to our local authorities, the government. All we want, guys, all we want is to protect our, to protect ourselves, protect ourselves, our families, our communities, and our future. There is no room for us to be complacent because it's reaching a point where we don't even know if we can flatten the curve anymore, you know? We're just basically waiting and dying until, like, a vaccine comes along. And who knows how long it's going to take for it to come here. And even then, the distribution, how is it going to be, you know? It, is it going to be in order of privilege, in order of how useful you are to the government? It's, it's scary, and guys, I don't want to be a germaphobe, but whenever I do go out, I always make sure to have a small alcohol bottle in one hand to spray any unsuspecting viruses waiting for me to slip up, you know? And that kind of, that kind of anticipation brims you with so much anxiety. I know it can go either one of two ways. 
people end up being so anxious about hygiene and safety or they just become so reckless. And it seems like at the same time, we're we're striving so hard to bring back the old normal, you know, what was then. But why reach for what was then, you know, when we can do better? It's all real in this time with people protesting, risking their lives for their rights, rights that have been always put into question by administrations and administrations and their way of response or lack thereof. We've all seen it. And it's crazy because it feels like we're being treated as a statistic. I don't know about you, but like I feel like a cog in the system of oppression. And I want to break out of it. You know, I don't want to be collateral damage even though I know it's coming anyway, you know? Why are we being dehumanized? Why is there need to prove that we are worth living and fighting for? Isn't our humanity enough? I would be naive, okay? I would be naive to say that we haven't seen any signs. We haven't seen it coming, you know? Our journalists are, you know, are muffled, are being muffled as restraints on press freedom continue. There is killing of innocent people a lot have been falsely accused of crimes they didn't even commit. The poorer remain poorer and get poorer. Sen ancestral lands being taken away from our indigenous people and farmers' lands too. Even enactments of laws that are in hindsight harmful to the citizens of our country. I just, I don't know where we draw the line because it's so disheartening to feel helpless and to feel like you can only do so much to feel like that we have to do so much to begin with you know in an, in an ideal world that shouldn't even be a problem that shouldn't even be an issue but that's what we're fighting for you know we have we have to ask ourselves why is this happening why are we okay with this? Why are we still here? Is holding on to that um, vessel of power really that addicting that we have to sacrifice people, you know, our own people, without even blinking, without even batting an eye? Are we too far gone from being saved? Is it all worth it? You know, <laughs> these are the uncomfortable conversations and questions that we need to have because it's important. We need that peace of mind. We deserve that. And we need that clarity to know where we'll end up as a society. But the flip side, the good thing that at least I can say is that we've seen growth. We've seen progress. And I believe that our youth is a manifestation of that progress. And I'm happy to be part of that. You know, we've been raised differently to think more critically and to be more empathic. And that's why a lot of us are very vocal and have had a hard time not standing for things that are against the greater good. It's what keeps me going and making me hopeful. I can understand that we've got a long way to go, especially in terms of sustaining this, you know, sustaining all the hard work that we've done. But this generation honors diversity. It respects differences and it fights for the truth. That is a powerful message and feeling that we have to hold on to and cultivate. We have to see it through, guys. We have 
We have to protect our democracy and our peace. It's our duty. And we, and we will see it if we've sustained it long enough come the elections in 2022. That's why it's so important for all of us to vote. Be active and engaged in the ways that we can contribute. I know one of the hardest things to do is having those kind of conversations from your own circle, from within your circle. We all know people from our own friends and family that have allowed things like this to happen because it's much easier to follow tradition or to stay quiet. It's difficult to start that train of conversation with people that are close to you and are misinformed. I, I don't know, man. How do you tell them the opposite of what they've been raised to believe in their whole lives? Whether it's about politics, gender, sex, race. But we have to remember that we're also all victims here. At some point, we have to this. You know, we have to understand that we're all just trying to get by or survive, and we can only do so much with the influence and power with what we've been given. You know, there is only so much that we can do, but it's hard and it's crucial. And personally, I'm still having my own struggles opening up about it too. But hopefully, sustaining that kind of progress makes it normal and that normal to be better now guys since this is a safe space i want to be honest ever since i've been more educated and informed about what goes on in our country and in our society at first um i can admit that i didn't know how to deal with that kind of information overload because it was just too much for me to process at one go I didn't know that I was being apathetic. I didn't know that um, staying neutral was bad. Wow. <laughs> I learned it the hard way, I would like to think, because it was through someone who at the time I looked up to for this knowledge. And I was there and ready to absorb that information. But the way that it would be given to me was um, what I realized now was very condescendingly. And... I hated myself for that for a long period of time. And I felt so inferior for not knowing this sooner because the person made me feel like I was part of the problem. And in some cases, I was because I wasn't doing anything with, you know, with what I could with my privilege. But, you know, that's why when people don't know any better and that's why when people are misinformed, the best thing to do is to educate them and not shame them. Be more empathic, you know? R learn to reach out and correct their mindsets rather than embarrass them. Because, you know, we've all been there. You know, um, now that I'm aware of all of this, there, there are periods where I'm on my phone or I'm on my laptop, on Twitter or Facebook and I would just shut down. I would shut down because I can't keep up with the news. Honestly, the discrimination, the killings, the inequality, injustice, all stacked into one, my gosh. I have to tune out. And at first, this took me back to the times I didn't know any better. And it felt like I was pushing myself back in my bubble of privilege for choosing not to know and tuning out. 
I I felt res- I felt irresponsible. I think and you know, I think it is irresponsible actually if you do it over long periods of time, but for me, I just I just needed a little time to process everything and get my mental health in check before I could. Just give me a little moment, a breather, you know? And I think learning to allow myself to take a break without shaming myself in the pl- in the process for doing so made it ultimately better for me to handle what was happening around me. You know, yeah. So, guys, I just wanted to take a moment to thank everyone for finding the time to listen to this episode of the podcast. You're all one of the reasons why I do what I do, and I hope you've all been able to reflect on a thing or two along the way. I know that our conversations don't end here, and if this little talk inspires you to take this and communicate with your friends and family to take the conversation out of here, I'm so grateful, and I've done a small part of what I can do. You know, we're all in this together, learning and discovering for the long haul. So, good luck. And again, thank you for listening in to the Kamustahan Podcast with Pax Dina.